0: This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 54, Terrible Opinions. Recorded on December 12th, 2016. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. As always with your hosts, me, Matt Lyons, and Jason Lucart. Jason, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, one notable story is that I think I'm coming down with a cold, so there's a non-zero chance that our Facebook Live listeners could get to hear me blow my nose tonight. Yes,
0: this is what people tune in for, Jason. This yes. is why and we do like, a live Finally.
1: show. The moment I've been waiting for. <laughs> technical problems, all worth it for
0: this need. You didn't have to mention the technical problems. I mean, <laughs> this is going to be edited down a little bit. Nobody else needed to know, but now I can't edit this out, out this whole conversation. The truth and these days the truth must be out there. You just ruined our whole podcasting reputation. Everybody we know, all these these big names in podcasting we know, they won't even talk to us anymore, I bet.
1: <laughs> Who are the big wigs of the podcasting game, I wonder?
0: Mr. Podcast. Ah
1: uh, yes. Joseph Podcast. <laughs> yes.
0: That's how they came up with the name. It's Joseph Computer Podcast. His middle name's Compute that's just a coincidence. He didn't invent the computer. But podcast, that was all him and they named after him. I don't know if you knew, but it's a big thing. <laughs> so if you couldn't tell from from not having a whole lot to talk about up front here, not a whole lot happened in last week. Even though the winter meetings happened, and usually, at least last year for the Indians, it was a time for something. But this year, it was a time for almost nothing. The Indians, um, after the first day, which we talked about in the last episode, when you weren't here, Jason, but the only thing they did at that point was they were sort of maybe talking to Edmund and Canarsky own, and they made offers to Matt Holiday and Carlos Beltran. That was basically it for the whole winter meetings, other than start missing out on people um So they still are apparently talking to Encarnacion, but did anything stick out to you in the winter meetings? Um, are you angry? Do you hate the Dolans? Is this team just going to be the worst thing ever next season?
1: No, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know why anyone really expecting anything big. I can't fathom Encarnacion happens for a variety of reasons. Um, the Indians made it to Game Seven of the World Series, so I hope we can agree they're a good team. Uh, <laughs> they're not losing a whole lot from that roster. And they're already at last year's payroll figure before they add anyone new. So I I think we all understandably think they will add some payroll, but I don't think they're adding the kind of payroll it's going to take to sign someone like Encarnacion. So I'm not surprised it's been fairly low key, and I expect it to continue to be fairly
0: low key. Would you say they at least, I'm going to go with a strong wording here just to make it a conversation. Do they have to sign a first baseman DH, even if it's just like Adam Lind or somebody like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. They need someone, you know, if they don't bring Napoli back, they need someone in that role just because otherwise, whichever spot Santana is not at is is not really a major league caliber player, probably. So, yeah, I think they're going to bring someone like that in. But it's going to, I think, be, you know, like Napoli was last year. It's going to be taking a flyer on someone for like, you know, seven million dollars or something like that, not signing someone to a multi-year deal for, you know, 20 million a year.
0: Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> well, yeah, Encarnacion. Maybe it'll be twenty minutes. I think it's going to be less now. What the the Blue Jays offered like four eighty, and he's not going to get near that anymore. I wouldn't think.
1: Yeah, I'll but be still, either way. They're not going to. What get him. plays out? I mean, I feel like at someone at some point, someone will decide they want him more than they thought they did, and then it kind of comes down to what sort of deal does he want? You know, does he want the four years he was looking at originally, and maybe it's eighteen million a year, or is he willing to sign for only three years to you know to get. 20 or maybe even a little over 20 or does he go for like the single you know the biggest single year contract he can get and and hope the market for him is better next year i would bet he probably doesn't do that because at his age there's an awful lot of risk that you don't have anywhere near the same kind of season um i think he'll still get a pretty big contract i mean he's been a really good hitter
0: do you think he does one of those, uh, either like pillow suspendus contracts, whatever they call them now, where it's like a, a two year, and he gets the opt out? So basically, if he does really well, he can opt out and get the big contract. If not, the team is stuck paying him anyway. Yeah, I've heard many I people talk about doing one that, of those. That,
1: that feels a lot like a big free agent whose market didn't come together the way they want. Sort of like the bone you throw him to, like, well, we'll give you this, you know, and that way, if we're if we're, you know, wrong about you, Justin Upton has the opt-out that at the time I thought he would definitely use, and now unless he bounces back, he won't use. Um, but yeah, I mean, Encarnacion's, I guess, he's still 33, but he turns 34 in a couple of weeks. Uh, so, I mean, he's got to be on the down downward slope of his career, and his his numbers have been down each of the last two couple of years. So, if I were him, I'd get the biggest total dollars I could, um, but we'll see what happens. Either way, I think he's out of the Indians price
0: range. And so do you think that, um, we saw that they missed out on Matt Holiday and Carlos Beltran. The whole reason was they couldn't get up to the right amount for even one year. Um, are you sad about missing either of those? I know I, and a bunch of commenters wanted Matt Holiday, Carlos Beltran, not at all, but Holiday was the main one I wanted. He's gone. So I didn't care what happens anymore. But (laughs) what about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Holiday's a guy, both of us identified that we would have liked. I think we were both hoping he would sign for a little bit less than he did, but the fact that the Indians weren't. Apparently, really in on him. I think to sort of supports my argument that they're not going to sign anyone for much more than Napoli got this year. I, I think, in some ways, people don't understand that the payroll boost, you know, goes to having brought in Andrew Miller. So, in some ways, they made their big acquisition during last season instead of the off season, and obviously, it's already paid off. And then just arbitration and extension raises. Um, I just I don't think there's that much room to work with, and it's not just for 2017. Uh, you know, 2018 looks pretty similar. Um, now, if they end up not picking up Michael Brantley's option, that would free up some more potential spending money. Um, but Jason Kipnis is going to get a big raise in 2018. Kluber's going to get a big raise in 2018. Jan Gomes is going to get another raise then. Cody Allen's going to be in our, like, there's going to be a, like, again, the, the current roster is going to make about the same amount of money without adding anyone new. And, you know, there might be a couple guys that have been traded by then or through arbitration that they just don't bring back. Um, but I don't think we're looking at a lot of money to spend for either of the next couple of seasons.
0: Yeah, I wrote about that a couple of weeks ago, that it's they have a young core team, but that core gets expensive quick. And in a couple of years, I think it's even like this year next year, I should remember by now, but I already forgot. But if they do it... Um, if they pick up all the options and go through arbitration, through estimates, everybody, they already have a, or a payroll over 100 million. So yep. it's not like they're one of the teams in like the 70, 80 million range anymore. They're spending money. It's just, just not all on one big free agent. If they have a core that they're bringing up together, and that gets expensive after a while. Yeah. Which exactly. isn't a splashy, but it's better in the long run, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, we, because you're talking about a team that just won the division and was a win away from winning the World Series. So, like, it's one thing to feel like, oh man, we don't have the money to bring anyone new. So this roster is just we're stuck with them. We're not stuck with this roster. We're, we're lucky to get to cheer for this roster. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's going to be anyone uh, super, super exciting added to the mix. You just gonna have to be excited with the team we already have and hope that Michael Brantley comes back at, you know, something like his 2014, 2015 self. That would be the big addition they could make is just having him back. And that remains to be seen, but they're not going to sign anyone with, as much potential as Brantley has to boost the team.
0: So the other thing I was going to kind of mention, which we, we basically already addressed is the fact that they don't want to go more than one year with anybody. Like according to Ken Rosenthal, they could have had Mike Napoli already if they wanted to do even just two years, but they're steadfast. I don't know if that's just on Napoli. Cause there, there's a bunch of reasons why you probably don't want to go more than one year on Napoli. Um, but if, if it's just anybody, do you like the idea that they don't want to go more than one year on big agents?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just like to the limited extent that they still can keeping some semblance of flexibility. You know, I mean, if if they were to sign, let's say they did sign Incarnassium let's say they found the money and decided, you know, to, to sign him to like a four year, eighteen million dollar a year deal. Um, I mean, you're stuck at that point. So, I mean, at, at this point, there's a little wiggle room. You know, th- they'll bring someone in, like we said, first base DH. Um, You bring in in, and there's not really any wiggle room for next year or 2018 or probably 2019 without trading away a pretty substantial player who you probably don't want to be trading away. Uh, I think it's just kind of a reminder of the reality of the Indians' finances. And, you know, revenue should be up next year. Season tickets will definitely be up. Um, Just
0: enough to cover the players they have.
1: Right. So, and you know, they're going to want to sign Lindor to an extension at some point. You know, I'm sure they have a certain amount of money earmarked for that. Um, yeah, I think just going more than one year on a one sort of locks you into well, we're not going to be able to do anything next offseason. Then, um, so I think unless they felt like they were just getting an incredible bargain, I'm not. You know, I, I think no they're reason they're reasonable. Yeah, it's it's reasonable not to go multi year on anyone right now.
0: Right. And as Brian mentioned in the comments, in 2018 is when the Indians are going to get some more money. They don't have to pay Chris Johnson anymore, which, remember that guy? He's not here anymore with the Indians, still have to pay him a bunch of money. Uh, Carlos Santana's gone. Uh, he said maybe. I'm almost positive he's after 2018. You should know, right? Yeah, no, He's he gone is. after 2018, yeah. So after that, they're going to have a little bit more money opened Kipnis up. Kipnis
1: is making like $7 million this year. Kipnis right. is making like $14 million in 2018. Andrew Miller's on the books for $9 million again. Kluber's up to like 11 million that year. Carrasco's up to like 8 million that year. Gomes is up to like 6 million that year. Cody's going to be going through arbitration for the third time and if he has another good season, he's going to cost like 8 or 10 million that year. Um they're going to be at 100 million dollars that year without anyone who's not already under team control unless they trade away someone with a pretty decent contract.
0: Right. So just picture like 4 years of Encarnacion at 20 million. So what do they do after 2018? They're stuck with him, and they still have to get another first baseman DH unless like Bobby Bradley is suddenly ready. But they'd just be kind of screwed at that point without anybody, I don't think. So I'm definitely okay with short-term deals for whatever they get. It's probably going to be a first baseman at some point. Uh, I, I hope it's not Chris Carter. It, it's probably going to be Chris Carter or Napoli coming back, I guess. Uh, but he really doesn't want a one-year deal. So if they do it, it, that's basically a hometown discount. I hate that phrase, but that's what it is. Because backs for a one-year, one-year deal because he really wants three. He could have settled for two, So, but I'm okay with just one. Me too. So Indians did basically nothing, which I mean, we're only a site that write about the Indians, and the the winter meetings are kind of the the biggest time of the year there. Indians, <laughs> you're killing us. But other teams did do things, which he actually wrote about, uh, because the White Sox they are on full blown rebuild. We kind of thought they would coming into the winter meetings, uh, with Chris Sale having still what was it two year more years two more years of control. He's under control through 2019. They have Adam Eaton, who was I think he's like five years. He was really good last season. They still have a couple more they haven't traded, but just those two alone, they completely remade their team. Uh, but for this year, without looking too far ahead, in 2017, it helps out the Indians a ton. They're not going to be competitive. I mean, they weren't last year that much, even with Chris Sale. Um, but yeah, so what do you think of the White Sox? They completely rebuilt their team. They have they got their top four prospects in those two trades. For Chris Sale, they got, uh, what was it, Moncada and Kopit. Uh And then for Eaton, they got Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez, which seemed like a ton. It still seems like a ton. I guess we all know for a couple years for sure, but... Just skimming what those players are, that was a lot for Adam Eaton. I think the Chris Sale deal was pretty even. Um, But either way, they got the number one overall prospect according to MLB.com in Munkata, and they got the number three prospect in Giolito. So right now it's good for the Indians, but in like two or three years, it's going to be really bad. (laughs) So, what do you think overall? Should the Indians be worried about the team in the future? From the
1: White Sox perspective, this is exactly what they probably should have done at any point in the last three years. Uh, The White Sox have perennially contended but like with a question mark really contended <laughs> i mean they've avoided being really bad for the most part i mean i've been aware of baseball for a little over 30 years uh and they've had very few terrible seasons but they've also had very few great seasons and i think they were overdue for just accepting a couple terrible seasons to hopefully have some great ones and right now they've done a, a the heavy lifting in in what should be a total overhaul And they've turned their farm system from probably one of the three or four worst to one of the three or four best. And they still have a couple of players they could end up trading away to bring even more future talent. So, yeah, come like 2019, uh, the White Sox might be the real deal. Um, But, yeah, that's one fewer team to worry about in 2017 and 2018. I will say... I'm on board with the Chris Sale trade not really having been good for the Indians, though, just because I don't think even with Chris Sale, the White Sox were going to be a threat next year, and now the Red Sox just got that much tougher to beat in a postseason series. So, um, you know, a postseason series is short. The Indians just beat the Red Sox. I'm not saying they can't beat the Red Sox with Chris Sale, uh, but you're sort of trading one sort of problem for just a different sort of problem the next couple years. It would have been much nicer if Sale got traded to I don't know, like the Nationals
0: or something like that. Oh, yeah, I'd be all for that instead of Adam Eaton. I'd be even more okay with Adam and going to the Red Sox for whatever weird reason that would happen. <laughs> but if I would. I just wanted to sail away. The next one I want far away is Miguel Cabrera, which I realize it's better if the Tigers get stuck with his contract in a couple of years, but I would still like him to be gone in the short term because if they're gone, there's, there's nobody else to stand in the way of the Indians pretty much because the Royals, they're pretty much going into rebuild now. They traded away Davis. They're probably going to trade a couple more. I don't think they made yeah, any I- more trades besides that, but...
1: I, still, I feel like we're still, the Royals are sort of at the edge of a cliff and haven't decided what to do yet. I mean, trading away Davis is sort of starting a rebuild. It's also, and I don't think they did especially well. I think that was a good trade for the Cubs, more so than the Royals. But I think the Royals can tell themselves, like, you know, he's a relief pitcher who was injured part of last year. He doesn't dramatically change our outlook for next year. So I think they could convince themselves they're still contending next year. Now, they're going to lose like a bazillion guys to free agency after next year, probably. So they should either try to add someone right now or they they should do what the White Sox did and just commit to a rebuild. But I don't think they've done more than dip a toe into the we might be rebuilding pond right now.
0: Which I'm all for. (laughs) I like going halfway and then stumbling.
1: Not going in either direction very well. That would be great. That's like the best case scenario. The smart thing to do would be pick a direction and, and go whole hog. But we'll see.
0: Because like you said, if they don't do it now, they're going to get – I mean, they can trade them at the halfway point of the season. So I guess my dream is that they're they're just competitive enough where they think they're going to be good in the second half and they don't trade anybody. And then they just tank. Because <laughs> then they have just one non-competitive season. And like you said, they lose a bunch of free agents. So that's my road wish list.
1: And the the compensation picks for losing guys, that whole system isn't nearly – under the new collecting bargaining agreement, is not nearly as enticing for teams who, oh, we're going to lose them, but we'll get a draft pick back. The you know the, the, the picks you can get and things like that uh, are not as exciting.
0: Which is good overall, I think. I mean, it's not good for the Royals next year. <laughs> but I think it's good that players are going to get paid their dues and not have so much taken away from those draft picks.
1: Yeah, but I think there's there's also the difference between the draft picks you lose and the draft picks you get. I think it was definitely right to lessen the blow of the draft picks you lose, because that was sort of screwing the players over. Um, changing the draft picks that you gain, because it wasn't like a straight swap, really. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they they had a pretty big impact on both types of draft picks. Yeah, because that would yeah, really, be... I mean, it mostly does feel like it comes down to Indians or Tigers. And I know there's been a lot of talk that, yeah, the Tigers are going to go into a rebuild, too. They haven't added anyone. But I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. For right now, I still think they fancy themselves contenders next year. And I think the Indians are the better team. But I still think the Tigers have enough talent that there's legitimate competition from them.
0: The Tigers feel like they're the White Sox, like at the end of their when they were winning, because they're gonna have a bunch of players that are just dragging along. So hopefully they drag their feet for a couple more years too. There are a couple of teams like the Mariners are kind of like that too. I think. Um, what's, Nathan Bishop went kind of ran on Twitter about it, which is which is kind of interesting. Just how the Mariners are the exact same things. They have all this like mid-level sort of high-level talent in the majors, but no farm system. So there's just. The carpet's going to come out eventually. They just have to do it and pull the plug. But the Tigers don't seem to want to, and I'm okay with them stumbling for a little bit. I just hope they aren't competitive next week. So Agreed. anything else from the winter meetings for you? Did you pay attention to it a lot or watch MLB Network, any kind of thing like that?
1: Not a lot. Partially, it was a busy few days for me with work, and partially, I just didn't expect the Indians to be doing much. So kind of just you know jumping onto a site like Hardball Talk and getting kind of the headlines at the end of the day was, was enough for me.
0: Wow, you trader Hardball Talk? <laughs> Wow, Jason, that's that's fine. No, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Just,
1: Let's go try to be an excellent source that's for anything. Right. A, a fair <laughs> source for non. <non-Asian
0: laughs> uh, we covered the White Sox rebuilding.
1: No, that's true. <laughs> White Sox were well covered.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything else either. I, I did watch a lot more with so much disappointment. I mean, I remember last year, like specifically, I locked myself in a room and it was just constantly things to write about. But this year, because this is the first year my kids were in daycare, so I had all day anyway, where I could just do it. But there's, like, nothing for so big, long spans of time. Like, you can't even just find random things to analyze because there's just not a whole lot of action. And the Indians are always so good at keeping rumors away, I think. The only things that have come out, really, are the stuff that Chris Antonetti has said on radio interviews or just some kind of interview. I don't know if there's, like, a, a way to rate how good teams are keeping rumors from leaking out. But the Indians have to be kind of up there, I think.
1: maybe The other thing to me about that is I also feel like it's sort of a uh, – you you can you can tell yourself what you want because – If some report comes out and then nothing comes of it, a lot of Indians fans are like, see, the reporter just made that up or the agent just fed that to someone. Like the the Indians never would have done that. And we have we have no way of knowing for sure. So I feel like there's a lot of stuff where the Indians have developed that reputation and probably deservedly. But there's also times and I think people like, "Nah, there's no way they were doing that when they probably were.
0: Yeah. I think it's just interesting in general. We can see that happening more now because we see so quickly when information gets out. Like, it's kind of clear some of the stuff from Edward Curtis and what's coming from his agent, what's coming from a team. Like, it's so obvious now with Twitter and the way everybody's racing to tweet out the first thing. Like, whatever information they get, they send out, no matter where it's coming from. Because I have just the, one column of like the breaking news people. And it was really interesting to watch the stories that would develop just from that alone. Of course, none of them involved the Indians, but it was still fun to watch to an extent.
1: Yeah, it would be weird to be Rosenthal or John Heyman. And, like, they do other stuff, and they do some other stuff pretty well. But, like, to have your main thing be just, like, the first guy to get some news out. And then, like, five minutes later, it'll be out all over the place. But you were the guy who had it first.
0: Like, that's a weird... But that first one makes a big difference. Like, if you look at retweets between Rosenthal and Heyman's right behind them, it's a huge difference.
1: It's just, it just seems weird that, like... Your value comes from the quality of your contacts. And then God knows there's a lot of things in life where the <laughs> situation is dependent on the quality of your contacts. It just seems like a weird thing to me. Like
0: That's kind of the, the way level,
1: those... I see it when I see it, and I don't particularly care who had it first. So maybe I'm just not the market for it.
0: It's kind of yeah. always been like that, though, with insiders. It was just slower before. They would get actual fully written things out first. Before but that's the, the thing. Out.
1: When it was slower before, someone would write like a column about it. And then their column in the newspaper or, a, you know, that's how everyone else would learn about it. Not from their tweet and everyone else had their own. Like there are times when Let's Go Tribe has a post on something before MLB.com, before Cleveland.com. We're never the first people to know because we don't have the contacts. But like, you know, Bastien or Hoynes tweet something, but they haven't written about it yet. And then right. we're faster to write it, and so we have the first post because we can put it together quicker than whoever tweeted it. Right. Just like, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a weird, interesting thing to me.
0: Well, they the way like they're basically building value through they get the Twitter recognition, and then they can tweet out posts later with the actual full stuff. And people, oh, yeah, like, no, like ours,
1: oh, it's because of it. Like, no, right. it, it's successful. I'm not saying it's like a bad model for them. It's just I think a, an interesting model,
0: right? Yeah, it is, just the way Twitter has taken over so much stuff. Because the way we do it, if I just retweeted like Bastion or something, I always include them in the post. Like I try to embed as much as possible. Like yeah, If I just, I just retweet just, yeah. them, the people will see it, and then they won't like look at the actual post later. So I try to make like the first thing they see is our posts, kind of thing. I don't know. Twitter's fun to like mess around with, sort of. I like it. I'm sad it's dying in one way or another. <laughs> it seems like, anyway. They can't make money off of it. I don't know if you follow any of that stuff. But nobody yeah. knows how to squeeze money out of Twitter.
1: Yeah, it's weird, because I think it's so much better than Facebook, but... Yeah, well, that's that, part of the that's... problem,
0: because Facebook isn't good, so they can cram a bunch of crap in it, and you won't really notice. <laughs> yeah, so, next thing. Um, a little scarier, maybe. The Indians in the World Baseball Classic, they're going to be playing next spring. Uh, Andrew Miller is going to be representing Team USA. These are the last I saw. I don't know if they're completely right yet, but I saw them on Cleveland.com. Carlos is going to be playing Dominican Republic. Francisco Lindor and Roberto Perez are both going to be playing for Puerto Rico. And Omar Fascal apparently wanted Carrasco to play for Venezuela, but the Indians haven't cleared him. Thank you, Indians. I don't want him anywhere near, like, away from the team pitching right now. So what do you think just about the Indians players playing in the WBC? Should we be worried about any kind of fatigue or injury or anything like that?
1: Um, I don't want Miller pitching it, partially because he threw a bazillion innings last year and half of those bazillion <laughs> in the last four weeks of the season. Um, and because a pitcher is throwing at full effort you know, earlier than they normally would be is at least a little concerning anyway. So I would like to have the Indians pitchers not involved. Uh, I have zero concern about any of the position players playing and would love to watch those guys in it. So I'd be happy to have Lindor and Santana, especially those two, uh, but all the other guys, too. Um, I have I don't to me, they're not any greater risk of injury playing in those games than they are playing in spring training games.
0: I'm personally looking forward to Roberto Perez, all his Venezuelan or Puerto Rican home runs that he hits and helping that team win. I might root for them over USA because Roberto Perez, he's probably not even going to start. I don't know who else is the Puerto Rico catcher, but he'll be rocking that bench. Let me tell you, Jason. And then the second the the first string guy gets injured, he's going to be in there. He's going to be walking a lot, not hitting a whole lot, but it's going to be exciting. (laughs)
1: That is what people at the World Baseball
0: Classic come for, are the bases on (laughs) the walks and the pitch framing. That's all they want. That's it. (laughs) That's I don't have much of an opinion on the WBC. I mean, it was kind of in danger of going away, I guess. It's only once every four years. I, I like baseball more than every other sport, but I can't get excited about it the same way I do. Even the World Cup I get kind of excited for, especially the like hockey and the Olympics and basketball. But I can't get hyped for the WBC no matter how hard I try.
1: Yeah, see, I can't get hyped for the Olympics anymore. I think I watched maybe yeah. like three minutes of the Olympics this summer. I, the, the Olympics for me have become like like a spoof of themselves almost. Um <laughs> So I'd much rather have the World Baseball Classic than the Olympics. And I've heard a lot of people say, like, oh, just bring the Olympics back and let the major leaguers play. You know, they can just stop the season. Like, they- no. No. <laughs> MLB is not going to stop their season for two and a half weeks so guys can go play to the Olympics. Nor should they. Uh, right. To me, the World Baseball Classic is you either care about it or you don't. If you don't care about it, it doesn't interfere with the stuff you would normally care about, really. And if you do care about it, it's just extra baseball. It's not eliminating other baseball and it you know it's carlos santana is going to play one game every four days for three weeks instead of playing two innings in a game every other day for the week. so he's not going to play that much more baseball um yeah i i'm fine with people who don't care about it at all i don't i mean who am i to care if you don't care but <laughs> i enjoy it i hope it doesn't go away uh i just don't want to see andrew miller pitching in it
0: he could back. Yeah, yeah.
1: They want to use Andrew Miller
0: as a pinch hitter. <laughs> Do you really way. want that, though? Do you remember Stephen Wright diving back <laughs> into the base? If that happens, that is all on you.
1: I didn't say I wanted him running the base. Oh, back. okay,
0: just swinging. If he yeah. swings and, like, pops a shoulder, that's all on you. I'm blaming you.
1: That's fine. 100%. I am take blame if Andrew Miller hurts himself batting. If he hurts himself base running, that's <laughs> someone
0: else. So if we're going by the Luke Hart curse here, he's going to hit, like, a grand slam and be perfect and be awesome, right, and not get injured at all. Because of the, the opposite.
1: The Effect got Jeff Fisher fired today for you
0: NFL <laughs> It did.
1: Just because baseball's is on off season
0: doesn't mean. <laughs> people are going to thank the Lucard Effect for that. There's no You're off welcome, season for the Lucard
1: Effect. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. I was going to say something about UBC, but I don't know. Oh, I was just happy Carrasco's not pitching. Thank you Indians for not clearing him. Even if he's like remotely close. And the other thing is I don't think people realize that. It replaces spring training. It's not like they're going to do it and then go to spring training or go to spring training and then do it. Yeah, they don't have to stop the regular season. A big
1: chunk of spring training. I can't remember the exact right. dates, but they miss. You know, they probably report for it like a week before spring training, and then they finish up when there's like two and a half weeks left in spring training
0: or something like that. Right. And the 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 stopping the regular season thing is the worst in hockey because that's the other sport I follow is hockey, and so whenever that happens, I hate it. I, I like the Olympics, but like the gap in between the Olympics starting is awful, and I hate it. And the gap afterwards is awful, and I hate it. So I'm glad baseball doesn't do it.
1: Well, and it's, and I don't know what hockey does because I hockey is another sport I don't follow. Do they shorten the regular season every four years or do they just – it just ends later than usual?
0: I don't actually know. I think – Because well. for
1: baseball, I hate both options. I don't want them just <laughs> yes, like both cutting options. 20 games out of the season – and I also don't want them like delaying the World Series until you know November twentieth or something like that, and watching Game Seven on Thanksgiving or something.
0: It'd <laughs> be something better than the football, at least. So that'd be something. But we should consider it. No, I'm not sure. Yeah. I didn't think of that. I just watched. And I don't know how long the season goes.
1: It goes forever. Yeah, to the way. playoffs go forever too. In <laughs> the playoffs, they do matter so much more than the regular season because like ninety percent of the NHL team. May- <laughs> the NHL should just go to like a thirty-two team playoff with like best of 15 series that takes eight months because there you go people enjoy that more
0: yeah I'm, I'm really glad that baseball has a limited number i like it i hate like hockey and basketball the huge numbers i think baseball's got it pretty good football is getting a little excessive but it's still okay so back to baseball the one sport we actually happen to talk about here um and the indians specifically believe it or not how bad do they really need a left-handed reliever that's the only other rumor we've heard is that they they're going out to try to get one um last year they only had Andrew Miller's only real lefty that Kyle Crockett, Tim Cooney, Edwin Escobar, which they also had Ryan Merritt towards the end, but they didn't use him a whole lot in the regular season. And in the regular season, they're one of the best teams in the AL, especially relievers against left handed hitters. It really came back to screw them in the World Series. So maybe if you're paying a reliever enough money, if you get like one good out of him in the world one good inning out of them in the postseason, maybe it's worth it there alone. But I just don't see in general why they're they would be so desperate for a left handed reliever. Do you?
1: No, I don't at all. Again, it feels like, like, did we not just watch the 2016 season? Like, they were a good team even before they got Andrew Miller. So they were they had a competent bullpen without the best handed, best left-handed reliever in baseball. And now they have him for all of next year. And, like, yeah, I'd like to have another lefty in the bullpen, so I hope one of those guys shakes out. But someone in the comments at Let's Go Try today was like, there are three things the Indians have to do to have any chance next year. And one of them was, they have to sign another good lefty reliever. And one of them was, they have to sign Edwin Encarnacion. They just got the game center of the World Series without either of those things. What on earth are you <laughs> talking about? So
0: They have to, Jason.
1: My short answer, no. They do not need to sign another lefty.
0: Thank you for confirming I'm not crazy. Like I've I haven't i have seen anybody else who's thought they don't really need one. I don't get the big rush for it. I, I think it's just literally they don't have one so people think they need one besides Miller. But they were really good against left handed pitchers. I even tried to, in the post that I did um, about them searching for one, I tried to give, like, make it a little even. Maybe it's because having Andrew Miller and Dan Otero be really good against lefties tilted the scales, but even that is barely. They were just real, every pitcher was really good against left handed batters. Maybe it won't stick around next season. I don't know. Tim Cooney's not going to be the answer anyway. Neither is Homie Milner. I don't know. They're, I I'm like, sure they're going to do like they did last season. And I, grab would a like, bunch of relief.
1: I would like to have a real contributor on the team named Hobie. so I would like him to work out, but yeah, I'm not super confident.
0: I'm kind of disappointed his name isn't Holby, H-O-L-B-Y, because that's the way MLB had it. That was their fault that I mistyped that. I was looking directly on MLB.com, and it's such a cooler name because it's like you're saying Shelby Miller, and you sneeze in the middle of it. So it doesn't work anymore, though.
1: The other reason I would like him is he's listed at MLB.com as 6'2 and 165 pounds. It would be exciting for the Indians to have a player on the roster who is the exact height and weight that I am. So he's got that (laughs) going for him, too.
0: Are you going to buy his jersey just because of that if he gets there?
1: I'm going to buy his jersey, but instead of his number and name on the back, it's going to have his height and weight on the back. And then if I'm in an accident, paramedics will read the back of my shirt and go, it checks out. This is his shirt.
0: This is Holby Milner. we got to get him back to Cleveland. They'll know just by looking at that. just be
1: into the stadium.
0: Well, you did already do that once, and you stole a base. Or let's be fair. You, you did just walk into progressive field to steal a base and pretend you won a radio thing from it. Yeah.
1: That
0: was just it a big, worked. long con. Everyone believed me. That's why they let you go out there. That one lady was just so confused, and she just gave you a base out of pity. What did you do with that, by the way? We're in the off-season. Who cares? What did you do with the base that you got?
1: It's, uh, it is currently sitting on the floor of my office slash room that has all my junk that my wife doesn't want up anywhere else in the house.
0: That is a disgrace.
1: It's tough. I mean, like, other than actually digging a hole and putting it in the yard, which I could do, uh, it's too big to really put on a shelf. Like, the, the metal peg on the bottom of it that goes into the ground is pretty deep. Like, on a regular bookshelf, it doesn't really fit. It's too deep.
0: I still think everyone should boo you. Well, You just yeah. have it on the floor?
1: But there's a lot of reasons <laughs> everyone should boo me, so that's not, that's not something strictly related to where the base is.
0: And I like how you immediately threw your wife under the bus. It's in the room that she won't let me put things up.
1: <laughs> no, I'm throwing my... I mean, I like the room. It's, it's, like, it's like I still have my bedroom from when I was a kid. It's like, oh, there are my Star Wars figures, and, you know, there's... I don't even, I should know what's in there better than I do. I, this is how little spend <laughs> time I spend in the room. Because if I go in that room, it's to be by myself. Because Lord knows, she's not coming in there with me.
0: <laughs> is that going to be the baby's room or is it a different one?
1: No, it's going to be a different
0: room. Okay. Good.
1: So, uh, yeah. Oh, you know
0: what you should do? You should hang it as like one of those, what are those called? The things that sit above the bed and spin
1: a mobile there you
0: go put it up there
1: i'm I'm pretty sure it could like kill the baby if it fell on the (laughs) baby so i don't think my wife will go for that either (laughs) i think i'd have a better chance of saying like i'm going right out to the middle of our front yard and digging a hole and putting it in the front lawn she would hate that but she would go for that before it was hanging above our sleeping baby
0: (laughs) that'd still be cool to dig in the front yard so another very important story from last week it actually happened a couple weeks ago but I didn't want to bring it up until you were on. Jose Ramirez unblocked us on Twitter. I don't know why. He just sent us a thumbs up one day. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> there was no context. It was just at Let's Go Tribe Thumbs Up. I was so happy. I would say
1: clearly. we should ask what it was all about in the first place. But I'm worried that like he would forget. That would be his reminder of why he blocked us in the first place. And he would just <laughs> block it. So I don't all think these we guys can always ask. So many questions. But it's a real <laughs> mystery.
0: So clearly, whatever you did to offend him before I came on the site, he, he's over now. He realizes... There's someone new in charge that Jason Lukard guy is not there anymore. What I Maybe would really he just doesn't really like the map.
1: When he blocked this, because I think you're wrong to say it happened under my stewardship.
0: I would like to know, like, if we could trace back if there's a certain article. I don't know. I still, Maybe I, we said something I, mean I, about year even. I think this
1: is why, but I really think, like, the most plausible theory I can think of is he saw some of the angry hamster stuff and somehow found it, <laughs> like, offensive. I know it wasn't intended to be, but, like, that's the only thing I can think of. Because I don't... Yeah. Has there ever been, like, a... Jose Ramirez needs to get his act together post that lets go. Yeah. Mo- I think there's been nothing. Everybody loves
0: but, Jose Ramirez. Yeah,
1: exactly. There's been nothing but pleasantly surprised at how good he's turned out to be post. So I can't imagine there was a post that turned him off. I feel like it was either a fluke mistake that he didn't mean to do, or it was an angry hamster thing that he thought was an insult.
0: <laughs> well, if I would ever, if I ever considered almost admitting that maybe he blocked me or blocked us while I was running the site, I think it would probably be the angry hamster. Cause there was the one time that Andre not. Replied to it. remember when that whole big thing we we're trying to make him not be nicknamed Boom Boom. Yes. When um, Paul Hoynes wanted that was that was the worst nickname, which we effectively stopped by the way. Yes. I, don't think he's I, been I think everybody called. We should
1: take credit for saving everyone <laughs> from that nickname.
0: But I think he might have saw it then, and he he thought it was like an insult or something. But it's not an insult, Jose. I know you listen to the podcast now. It's clear, like in in the locker room, it just blares. I know it. but it wasn't an insult, Jose. Everybody loves you, and you're an angry hamster, and it's great. <laughs> you're not Boom Boom. You will never be Boom Boom ever. So. Uh, moving on, uh, we're going to do social media questions. As always, on Mondays, I always ask Facebook and Twitter. And now, if anybody's in Facebook Live, if you want to ask a question, we'll do it in between. we got a bunch of uh, pre-asked ones, but we'll always take more. Uh, so we'll start right at the top. Speaking of Jose Ramirez, Chris D. Davies, he wants to know, this This isn't a question, Chris. He screwed up. He just says, speculate on Jose Ramirez's skills in a rap battle. It's not a question. You could phrase it as a question. No, okay. Um, I would say somewhere between Trevor Bauer and maybe a slightly better Trevor Bauer. So still not good. <laughs> But maybe slightly better than Trevor Bauer. <laughs> so, if Jose yeah. Ramirez was rapping, where where would you rate him, Jason? And your depth of rap knowledge?
1: I also would put him as better than Trevor Bauer. Um, <laughs> and again, I I feel like if I were to throw out any other comparisons, I could only be revealing the fact that my grasp on modern music <laughs> is uh, is bordering on pathetic. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with better than Trevor Bauer. Not as good as insert whoever your favorite rap battle master
0: is <laughs> i just based on like how he plays and he, he's kind of small i think he'd be one of those rappers that goes like really fast yeah i don't know so what you call that I, or whatever
1: but i do think he'd be very fast
0: that's our official grade on jose ramirez's rapping ability very fast <laughs> um sss from Southside Sox, josh nelson we basically already talked about this he said what size are you ordering your 2017 al champion shirts in basically uh, making the joke that the al central is going to be super easy it is, right? I don't unless something goes horribly wrong, the division is almost easily the tribes, I would think. I'm screwing it over now by saying that I know, but yeah, no, you I'm just like, let the
1: like screws that over. And I'm gonna turn in a different <laughs> direction and say I would never order an AL Central champion t shirt because well I do think a division <laughs> anyway. title is like worth celebrating. I don't think it's worth celebrating on a t shirt.
0: And if it was, I would get those nice breaking t shirts from let's go Make sure you click the referral link when you do it. No, the, the official shirts were awful. Like, the I Came to Rain was the playoff one. I hated all the official shirts. Yeah. I didn't like any of them. They're If always...
1: Indians had won the World Series, I think all I would have done is look for... I don't even know if they'd still do... I, I don't know if they still do them for baseball, but they used to do... And I know they did it for the Cavs, because I had told Phil to get one, and he sent me a picture of it. It was just the shirt that's the whole roster in, like, caricature drawings. That would really oh, be the only t-shirt I want. I don't want, like, a shirt that just says... Cleveland, I, I don't know. I, I would feel silly wearing it like by May. Like once next <laughs> season is going on, if the Indians aren't in first place, it's like, that was last year, loser. So
0: <laughs> the I only had, on...
1: I will wear my world champions on the inside if and when it happens <laughs> on the outside.
0: The depressing part was not to just keep pumping the breaking tea stuff, but we had a shirt. We had two shirts that were designed. The one that was really cool. It said, like, home, but the O was the Commissioner's Trophy. It was over a picture of Ohio. That was neat. And then there was the one that we did with um, Francisco Lindor and Rajai Davis high-fiving. It said champions over it. And that was really cool. And then we didn't do it anyway. Yeah. Something bad happened. The worst part is I wrote that post ahead of time. And my wording in the first sentence was, like, the Indians did it, and we made this post and managed not to even screw up the whole thing. But then we kind of did. So, maybe it was my fault. Game seven is totally my fault.
1: <laughs> you're, you're admitting an awful lot to them. <laughs> you might want to think about what you're telling people here.
0: And Mark Shuffleton in the comments, he's he's thanking us for also hating the official shirts. So, we're not alone. Everybody hates those things. They're all ugly. Like, even all the official ones on the store, just. I, I do like that Cleveland has a lot of local shirts. I think they're probably one of like biggest cities just for making shirts, right? Like, they have yeah, GV artwork, they have a couple shirts. others.
1: Cleveland. There's multiple companies that do a good job with those things. So, Cleveland sports fans have better options than I think most fan bases do. Yep. And that's even like considering the fact that a high percentage of these shirts represent the Cleveland Browns, a team that no one should ever wear a shirt on So, it's especially impressive given that they really only have two proper teams.
0: Yeah. <laughs> only two proper. Yeah. If the word proper on there. Yeah. Like, no, they have the Lake Erie Monsters. That counts. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm not going to get it. That's literally that. it.
1: I'm really just cracking on the Browns here. I'm not here I to debate the merits of other leagues. Just <laughs> let me make fun of the Browns, damn it.
0: <laughs> so I'm trying to Google it now. Um, Luke Randall in the comments, he wants to know, he says he's too lazy to Google it and he has no idea what his contract looks like. But let's talk about a scenario where the Tribe gets Paul Goldschmidt. First of all, Luke, that's not a question. How dare you? No, we'll answer it anyway.
1: You know what? Here's the scenario. They give up Francisco Lindor, and none of us want that to happen. So we just accept the fact that the Indians aren't going to get Paul Goldschmidt. I think that's the answer. He here.
0: takes that much. So he's too much. I mean, answer.
1: Lindor, don't get me wrong. Lindor would be an overpay. But there's no one else on the roster who would be equal value. So, I mean, you'd otherwise be looking at, like, Corey Kluber and Bobby Bradley. And, like, you think they want major league talent, though?
0: I also think they just take a, like, a bunch
1: of the Indians could offer their entire farm system. And right now, they don't have a marquee prospect big enough for their minor leaguers to bring Paul Goldschmidt. There's there's that there's just not a viable trade to happen there. They don't have a good enough farm system, which isn't to say they have a bad farm system. But I don't think, I mean, I suppose if they actually offered like their six best prospects, it would add up to enough. But the Indians aren't going to do that. So there's no plausible scenario where they get Paul Goldschmidt.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, you could like start with the Bobby Bradley thing just to replace him, but even that, it would add so much to, it to put in. Because even think like Zimmer, Bradley, Aiken, and Mejia. I don't even know if that would get him. Because he's basically the batting equivalent of Paul or um, Chris Sale, right? He's two more years. He's yeah, really I mean, good. He doesn't have the name recognition of Sale, but who cares? And he doesn't cut up jerseys, but yeah, it would be an insane amount. That's probably why they haven't traded him. I'm sure they would like to, to get a bunch, but they probably can't. And they're locked into Zach Granke. So they're, that's a franchise that's screwed for a while, I think. I wish yeah, Dave Stewart well, was, that'll was happen Maybe an
1: trade. incredibly incompetent ownership and management. So <laughs> they've made their, made their bed, and now they get to lie in it.
0: But Tony LaRusso won a championship, so he's good, Jason. <laughs> I heard that so much on talk radio. Douche. <laughs> okay, let's see. What's our next one? Um, so real quick, it's basically the same thing we've already talked about. But Mike firms on Facebook wants to know, with the AL being so easy, will the Tribe win 100 games? I'm saying no. I still don't think they win 100 games.
1: No. I A mean, hundred, like the Cubs won hundred, what hundred three games I think this year uh, in an easier league than the Indians are in. Uh, the Indians are good. They're not as good as the Cubs were in terms of regular season, hundred sixty two game season. Um, they're not going to win 100 games, but they should win the division. And then we shouldn't worry too much about how many games they win.
0: And Luke in the in the comments said, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> it's tiny, tiny little chance.
1: <laughs> I appreciate Luke being a good sport about it. <laughs> I, I didn't want to sound like I was being too harsh on his scenario. So Luke, I appreciate your, your response. Uh, I love Paul Goldschmidt, which is why I know there's no chance the Indians are going to be able to trade for him.
0: So the next one's kind of interesting. It's a different question. At Lena or... It's either Len's EA man or Lens Seaman. Either one, <laughs> go with whatever you want in your imagination. He says tie game, bottom of the ninth, one out, runners on first and third, three O count, number three hitter at the plate. Do you take swing away or suicide squeeze?
1: Right, wait, Which one? Tie game, bottom of the ninth. So one yeah. run wins it. There's only right. one out, runners on first and third. Uh, 3-0 count. I don't. I don't suicide squeeze in that situation. Uh, I also don't need my three O. Oh, my my number three hitter taking. So he's definitely got the green light to swing away from me.
0: I would take at least on the three. three zero.
1: but for me, a three Oh count with a good hitter up and a runner already on third base. I, 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 I trust that hitter. If he likes the pitch to deep fly ball. Uh, and there's a lot of things that get that run in with the bases loaded where a walk could end it. Uh, but in that situation, the walk just sets up bases loaded. It doesn't improve your situation. It just sets up force outs that didn't exist before. Uh, so I let my number three hitter
0: swing. Yeah, I, my cop out answer is take unless you have like something right down the middle of the plate. But if we had to pick one of the other, I say take. But I, I like your of- point about <laughs> just creating more outs or creating more scenarios for outs. So it kind of almost hurts you to get the take the walk. I don't know. I like that one. Just a way to think. And no way would I suicide squeeze. I don't know when would you suicide squeeze? <laughs> uh,
1: like my number eight hitter, and I don't have a good pitch hitter <laughs> or anything like that. Maybe I would. Maybe I would try something like that.
0: So maybe. What was the um i blocked it out completely now. When Michael Martinez was up to bat, was anybody on base in game seven? Uh
1: God, good question. Good question. <laughs> one of us should know the answer to. I want to say yes, <laughs> but I can't remember the exact situation. I too have sort of like insisted on blocking as much of that night. So out I think of my they mind.
0: were down one either way, right? They lost by one, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: So let's
0: were, let's say it's one, there's only one out instead of two, and somebody's on third. What about them?
1: Sorry, say again?
0: There's is, so if, if we're basically the same scenario here, but we'll say they're down by one just to make it the same. So tie game, bottom of the ninth, one out, runners on first and third, and you have Michael Martinez up. I would you suicide squeeze there or just let him do whatever? I would. He's going to hit no double play if he swings, right? That's gonna. That was a double play ball if there was anybody on base and one out.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> it was too slow a grounder. They they couldn't have turned two on that play, Chris. Chris Bryant had to charge too heavy. It wasn't going to be a double play ball. And there was someone on first base, though, so now that I think about it. Because okay. Rajay Davis added to his home run heroics by singling in a run. So Davis was on first That's base. Right. When he ended. Um, yeah, I mean, Michael Martinez is much more the situation where I'd consider the squeeze. But I don't, I don't think I have the nerve to call for a suicide squeeze in that <laughs> situation. In a, in a tie game, I actually think it's more defensible. Because then at least if it doesn't blow up, the game's not over. Like, if you're down a run and you blow your rally and lose by a run because of that failed suicide squeeze by Michael Martinez, um, you're going to be getting asked about that for the rest of your life. I don't think I could stand it.
0: Yeah. He should be getting asked about the rest of his life for Michael Martinez being on the roster in the playoffs. <laughs> but I guess you don't want to add one more thing. Um, so what did Mark say in the, play- or in the comments here? He said he asked Matt uh, Schlichting on the live video yesterday about starting rotation depth. The injuries this past season makes him nervous about rotation, hitting more this season, about a rotation.
1: What? More more injuries. I assume. I oh, okay. mean,
0: there could be injuries, but I, they don't carry over. I mean, right?
1: No, but I mean, I, I think it's it's reasonable with Salazar, especially to, to to wonder if he's going to end up back in the DL. Um, But I I just I don't think the the Indians depth is worse than most other even good teams. Uh, You know, Ryan Merritt, Cody Anderson are all guys who conceivably could be a passable number five starter for a while. And yeah, like if multiple guys get hurt, like if Carrasco and Salazar both get hurt again, then the Indians are in trouble. But every team is in trouble with their second and third best starting pitchers, you know, hit the DL. So I don't think they're worse off than other contenders in terms of pitching depth.
0: And remember, this is essentially the same rotation they went into last year with. And everybody was saying they, have to, they had to trade a pitcher for a hitter. So they still have a great rotation. Uh, so second to last question here. Uh, we'll say, what hitters do you think? Or this is from at WITMABALL. WIT? <laughs> W-I-T-M-I-B-B-A-L-L. What hitters do you think will fall off the planet from their production last year? And who do you think will sustain and improve? You want to take this one first or do you want me to?
1: Uh, falling off the planet, I don't really think anyone will fall off the planet. I think Jose Ramirez will will fall off the mountaintop anyway. Oh, great. Now
0: he's going to block us again, Jason. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I mean, I, I think he's a legitimate good player at this point. But, I mean, I don't think he's going to bat quite as well as he did last year. So in terms of a guy dropping off, I think he'll drop off. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Carlos Santana doesn't match his home run total from this year. But I think he'll be a very good offensive player, as he has been all but one season in his career. Um, So I don't think there'll be a fall-off-the-planet guy.
0: Yeah. Jose Ramirez is my answer, too. Um, It's just regression. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a five-win player his whole career. Steamer has him with, what was it, a slash, like a little bit lower, like 3.5 wins. I think that's pretty sustainable for him over a career, but he's not going to be like... Yeah, that's still really good. He's just not going to be this good every single year, I don't think. I think another option is Brandon Geyer. He was insane in 38 years with the Indians. He slashed 338, 348, 469. That's obviously not going to stick around. I mean, he didn't walk. He, I I still think he's just Brian Rayburn 2.0, but I don't think he's going to be that good. What about your um, – who do you think will sustain or improve?
1: Uh, Michael Brantley.
0: <laughs> I think he could do a little bit better than he did last I would season.
1: I say Michael Brantley uh, for improve, not sustain. Uh, I don't think Brantley's going to get back to 2014, 2015, uh, but I think he can be more helpful than he was last year. Um, in terms of guys who like were actually on the roster for most of the year last year, um, you know, they, they should get hopefully better protect- offensive production from the catchers. I don't think beyond that there's a lot of room for big improvement, though. It's not to say guys have like career years that aren't repeatable, but I don't think a lot of guys had years that it makes sense to think, like, oh, he'll be a lot better next year. I mean, even, you know, Lindor and Ramirez are the two youngest guys, but I think both of them have already sort of reached pretty close to what their peak is going to be. And now we just get to enjoy them kind of riding out on a plateau with it.
0: Yeah. Like. Definitely worse things. So hear me out. Roberto Perez. I mean, he was really bad last season. He only, he, he still walked quite a bit. Uh, he struck out less than he did in 2015 when he looked like an okay hitter. His bat poop was awful. Um, he hit everything really soft. I think he'll be, he can be better on offense. He's going to draw more walks. He's going to have some more luck hitting. He's going to be a great defensive catcher. So maybe completely unsurprisingly, Roberto Perez is my pick to like improve or sustain. I, I do want to know how long of a leash Jan Gomes is going to have. I mean, at some point, if he's like below the Mendoza line for another month or two, they've got to switch over again. Well, Unless yeah, they I mean, acquire somebody.
1: It's a topic for later in the offseason, but I think at some point it's a legitimate question if, if Jan Gomes is even necessarily the starter.
0: Yeah, which <laughs> we can go back and mock Lucroy a little more that he didn't think he could beat him out and Roberto Perez beat him out, but... Well, We won't talk about that for now. Are you going to be happy in the future that they didn't get LeCroix? I think yeah, I am. Because they, they kept Makia and Greg Allen. I'm at least I'm, okay with it, yeah.
1: No, I'm happy about it. I mean, not because I hate LeCroix, but because I don't think they would have won Game 7 if they had him. So I don't think the season would have gone any better. And I don't think the prospects they were giving up would have been worth the difference he would have made for next year. So at the time, I was bummed out. But given the way things played out and with hindsight, no, I'm thrilled that that trade didn't happen. Thank you for vetoing it.
0: Uh, So the final question, it's very important. So M. Schlesch, he asks, is Jason Kidd a Moe's or a Moe's or Chipotle guy? So I don't know if we have either of those in Chicago. Moe's I've seen a little bit around here. I don't know if it's the same thing as Chipotle. I've never actually eaten one. So what do you think, Jason? (laughs) Does Jason Kidd miss like Moe's or Chipotle? Uh,
1: I mean, I had to look up what Moe's even was. There are two Moe's Southwest grills in the Chicago area, one of which is in Skokie, which is, not terribly far from Northbrook where Jason Kipnis grew up and I believe lives during the off season. Um, I got to think Jason Kipnis, if he's a real Chicago guy, isn't an either because I got to think he's got like some corner stand that he gets his burritos from, not some sort of chain. So I'm going to say Jason Kipnis is a hip little place. You've never even heard of kind of guy.
0: (laughs) So now you're calling Jason Kempis a hipster. So now he's going to block us. No,
1: I'm just saying he has his own burrito place that's like more authentic than some place with dozens and dozens of locations around the country. That's correct. I could be wrong, though. He's from Northbrook. He might just eat nothing but chain fast food. Take that, Northbrook. I said it.
0: <laughs> yeah. T- take. That. Is that a bad area or what?
1: No, it's. Oh. no, it's not a bad no. area.
0: Well, I mean, like a, an area you don't like.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Oh yes, it's an area. I oh, Okay. Don't take like. that, Northbrook. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> but I, the only reason I included this question is because I want to ask if you know or anybody else knows, where did the hate for Chipotle suddenly come from? I remember like four or five years ago, it was amazing, and everybody loved it. It's so all they could talk about it. And then I finally tried it, and now everybody hates it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Do you know? That, I don't know. That, did this I'm, get too popular? On the explanation. Yeah, I, they, I there, was, there were a couple of Chipotles that I think had like pretty staggering uh, health inspection violations, so I suspect it's somewhat related to that.
0: Oh, just build up immunity. It'll help you. It's good for you. <laughs> so that's our show. We answered a bunch of questions, talked about our meetings. We managed to make an hour show out of basically nothing that the Indians did, <laughs> which isn't bad because the Indians they, they did nothing. They might still be, they're going to do more eventually. This next week is going to be rough. Uh, we're going to do a show next week, you think, right? Yeah, we're I'm trying I to think the Christmas schedule. we going to
1: talk about Rogue One for an hour next week. So I think that's the plan.
0: That comes out Friday, right?
1: Yes, but I'm seeing it I guess Thursday. I
0: forced Sunday. myself to see it. Oh, of course you are. Are you yeah. going to address it?
1: Uh, I mean, define dress up. Like, I'm not going to be in costume. I'll have, like, Star Wars clothing on, but it won't be a
0: costume. Okay, well, (laughs) for a second, when you said define dress up, I was like, is he going to say he's going to wear a suit? Is that what's going (laughs) to (laughs) happen? I heard it's really good.
1: Opening night, tails, and bow tie.
0: (laughs) Is it one of those places where you get, like, a fancy reclining seat and all that?
1: No, I don't like those, actually.
0: Really? Why not?
1: Because... Cause I'm not in my living room and neither are you. I don't like, need you like with your feet up and like slung all over the place and laying on top of your girlfriend at the movie theater. Like just sit in a normal chair and watch the movie.
0: Just the, the visual of you like sitting in a suit in a reclining chair, just disgusted at everyone around you. is great to me for some reason.
1: Yeah. I really, I really don't like the big fancy seats and I don't like assigned seating for movies either.
0: Oh, I love both of those. Cause I like sitting yeah. in the back middle cause I'm tall and I always feel like self-conscious if I'm blocking people. Do you have so a hard just,
1: time getting back row seats at movie theaters where there's not a sign? No,
0: but like, like Rogue One and last year we saw the Force Awakens and it was full and we got the back seat. I like not having to worry about it, I guess, because I like my back seats and all those dang kids and their popcorn throwing, which I don't think happens. But I always oh, I think agree. It's bad. you like
1: the back. You like the back. I just don't feel like
0: <laughs> it's that hard to get. Like, I don't have
1: to like get there early to get back row seats. So.
0: <laughs> you would think, but I do anyway. Because damn it, I'm getting my back row seats because I got to be right in the center. You can't be like slightly off. And I don't know why, but just a warning: like, whenever I see movies in theaters, I would like going to the theaters, but I never like the movies as much. So I might not like Rogue One very much when we talk about it. I don't know what it is, but like seeing seeing movies in theaters, I don't like as much as seeing them at home. Especially like The Force Awakens. I didn't love it when I first saw it, and then I watched it at home, and I did. So I'll probably like it. I heard it's really
1: good. So many, We need to end the show. You're you've had so many terrible opinions tonight. I fear <laughs> that no one's gonna like you anymore. We we need to cut this off before it gets any worse.
0: <laughs> Jose Ramirez is gonna like me. Damn it. He unblocked me. Us.
1: Trevor Bauer is going to be like, yeah, First Awakened sucks. Team Phantom Menace for life. So you're going to win him over, I guess.
0: Oh, that's true. He likes the prequels, doesn't he? That's gross. Yeah. Anyway.
1: That's a bad opinion. You have bad opinions.
0: And you're a slightly worse rapper than Jose Ramirez. We guess. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.